up, man, he picked up a car. He picked up a thousand pound weight. That would look fun. And uh, that clown, oh, do you love those clowns? And uh, then I saw those three clowns at the end. <laughs> no, that, that, was, that wasn't clowns. Gage in the cult. Was that not a good line? Man, I think they've been playing that at home or something. I don't know what's going on. Look, little, little line taming going on. <laughs> How much fun do we have at church? We can have fun at church. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad y'all are having fun and in a good mood because today I'm not going to preach on just one scripture. Today I'm going to preach a whole book. So we got plenty of time. Amen. It's so good to have Ty with us this morning. He's still been here for a little while. Um, His grandfather passed away. And so Rachel went up and was able to be with them and the family. So we... Glad you're here. They'll get ready to go back to school. All of our college students and kids. Summer's almost over. Wow, it has gone so fast. And uh, but it's about to crank back up. A new year and new new lessons learned, new uh, wisdom and education gleaned, and uh, we're just proud of all of our uh, students. We're glad that you're here. If you would turn to your, your Bibles this morning to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Now, do, do you know? Oh, no, no. That wasn't Nehemiah. That was Jeremiah. <laughs> A few of y'all might know what I was thinking. You say, Pastor, what was you thinking? Well, I was thinking Nehemiah was a bullfrog, but he wasn't. That was Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, uh, we're talking about Nehemiah today. Man, it's good to see everybody in the house. Now, hey, tomorrow, need you to say a special prayer tomorrow for Brother Dale. So Brother Dale, you know, has gone through, uh, he's gone through uh, surgery, removed part of his lung to remove uh, some cancer there. Uh, They got rid of all that. He went through chemo. But his heart has been in AFib pretty much this whole time. And it has just made him feel terrible. So finally, they got him in. He set up. Uh, tomorrow for a procedure to go into his heart and burn that nerve something. They're, whatever they're doing, uh, they're going to stop that AFib. And so we want, we're ready for him to recover. We're ready for him to get well and strong and get back in his place. We miss him. So what time is that procedure? 11 o'clock. So tomorrow at 11 o'clock, just say a special prayer for Brother Dale and just call that heart perfect rhythm. Amen? Amen. Father, we just love you today. We thank you for your presence, for your grace. We thank you for your word. And I pray today, Lord, as you would, as you spoke to my heart this week, and Lord, as I was reading, and I pray that you would speak through me to your people. Father, we see so many great things in this story. We see tragedy. We see hope. We, uh, Father, we see struggle. And we thank you that you're in it all. And Lord, you're the same God that was with Nehemiah, and you're with us today. And so we pray that we would glean some lessons from this in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. 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 Well, let's go to uh, Nehemiah chapter number 1. Now let me get there real quick. I'm at chapter 13. That's where we're headed, but we got to start in 1. 
Now, I'm going I'm to read a lot because the Bible pr- pretty much just tells it better than I can tell it. And I want to lay some foundation for you. So we know Israel has gone through time after time uh, of uh, good times and bad times. Times they honored God, times that they disobeyed. Uh, they went through time of building and time of tearing down. Now, Israel has been in captivity for many years. Uh, Jerusalem has been destroyed. The walls around Jerusalem has been torn down. They're in rubble. You ever feel like your life is in ruins? You ever look at your life and you just feel like that it's just rubble, it's piles of rocks, it's just, uh, you, you remember the glory days, but when you look at what is today, you, you just have memories, but you don't know how to fix it. Jerusalem is in this state. Many have come from captivity and have come back and they're living in the area. They're working. But they are just living among the debris. There's times in our life that we're just living with the consequences. We're living with the tragedy. We're living among the rubble. But nothing is being done to repair it. Nothing is being done to fix it. Sometimes we get used to the rubble. Sometimes the rubble becomes who we are. But can I tell you today, God did not intend or want your life to be rubble. Amen. He wants you to get back to your glory days. Amen. Well, Nehemiah has been gone. He is, had been in captivity. He is now under King Artaxerxes. And we pick up this story when someone comes and tells Nehemiah what is going on. So let's pick it up. These are all the memoirs of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, I'm reading from the New International, uh, the New Living Translation. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King, King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Zuza. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, Things are not going well for those who've returned to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Did you know that there are some people that don't care that your life is in shambles? There are people who don't care what's happening around you. There are people who don't care what's happening in this country. They're not concerned about our heritage. They're not concerned about where we came from and the biblical principle that this nation was founded on. They're not interested in seeing this nation restored to greatness, but they would love to see it destroyed. But there are people whose hearts are touched 
And Nehemiah, when he heard of the, how the people of God were living, his heart was broken. He cried. He wept. And he said to the Lord, O Lord, our God, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love who, for those who love him and obey his commandments. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commandments and decrees and regulations you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you're unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commandments and live by them, then even if you're exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I've chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Now, chapter 2. Early in the morning, the following, early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. Anybody know why? It was against the law. You did not come in the king's presence sad. It did not matter what was going on in your life. It didn't matter if you were having a good day, a bad day. When you came in his presence, you better come in there with a smile, with joy. Don't drag your problems in there because he could have you killed. And he came in and he was sad. And the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. Maybe he thought he was hiding it. But see, sometimes when your heart's so sad, you can't hide it. Discouragement, depression, anxiety, fear, it shows on your face. You can see and notice when people are going through trials and struggles. Sometimes you can see through their smile, see their hurt. The king said, why are you so sad? You don't look sick, you just, something's wrong. And he said, I was terrified. And he said, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried in its ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire? The king asked, well, how can I help you? Woo! Come on, can I tell you today, there's a king that is asking you today, how can I help you? The king of kings and the Lord of lords can see through your fake smile. He can see down into your heart. He can see the depths of your spirit. He knows when everything's not right. And he is not here to destroy you. But he wants to ask, how can I help you? Nehemiah said, well, king, since you ask. You see, did you hear his prayer? Lord, let the king be favorable to me. He said, well, king, now that you've asked i tell you what I'd like. I'd like for you to let me go. Release me from my duty here for a time. Let me go back to my city and let me rebuild 
the walls. The king said, how long will you be gone? He told him how long he'd been gone. Him and the queen were there. They conferred. They said, okay. He said, also, can I have letters to go with me to show these other kings and these nations that I have to travel through? That they'll give me the the timber I need and the supplies. And the king said, yes, and he did. And he gave him stuff. And he sent supplies. And off he goes. I'm telling you, the king wants to get you on your journey. He wants to get you back to your homeland. He wants to get you back, amen, to do what God has called you to do. And what God had called Nehemiah to do was rebuild the walls that had been destroyed. God is calling you today to rebuild some things. To fix some things that has been broken down in your home, in your family, in your life, in your city, and in this nation. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to show you in a few moments. We can't do everything, but we can do our part. Amen? So Nehemiah, he goes back and we pick up in verse 11 of chapter 2. So I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few with me. I hadn't told anybody about my plans God had put in my heart. We took no pack animals except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the Jekyll's well, over the dung gate, inspected broken walls and the burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So though it was still dark, I went up to the Kindrod Valley instead of inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again the valley gate. The city officials did not know I'd been out there or what I was doing for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. Let's learn a lesson right here. When God puts something in your heart to do, be careful that you don't share it too soon. And be careful who you share it with. Now, the first person he told was the king because the king was the one that he was under. You need to tell those that have authority over you. And the king had the power to supply what he needed. Be careful that you don't tell people that can't supply what you need. See, when you tell broke Uncle Charlie about your plans to start a business, he don't know about business because he ain't had a job in 20 years. He's broke. And he's going to tell you that you can't do it. When God gives you a plan to rebuild something, don't go to somebody that don't know how to build nothing. Because they're going to tell you you can't do it. Some things you keep to yourself. Some things God gave you the plan, God gave it to you, and you just need to secretly go out and survey the situation and go, okay, Lord, show me the plan. You spoke to me. You supplied the need. You got me here. Now let's look and see what needs to be done. And as he began to go out, his heart was broken. He was in rubble. The gates were broken down. He went 
all around the city. And he looked and he saw what needed to be done. And he got the plan. Come on, let God give you a plan. Amen? Now, he talked to the people. I told them, verse 18, about how gracious the hand of God had been on me. About my conversation with the king. He told them what he wanted to do. And they said, yes, let's rebuild the wall. Come on, everybody say it with me. Yes, let's rebuild the wall. Listen, if you tell people too early, if you tell people in the, at the wrong time, in the wrong situation, before you know it all, before you get a plan, it can fail. But when God directs your steps, and you get to the right place, then it's time to tell more people. Because you cannot fulfill the plan all by yourself. Not one person can rebuild all the walls. But when they heard... See, they just needed... They'd been living there. They had what it took. They just needed somebody to lead them. Come on, God's looking for somebody that'll step up and say, You know what? I can't do it all, but I can do my part. Amen? And they said, Yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Everybody say, good work. It is a good thing to repair It's a good thing to rebuild. It's a good thing to fix things that's been broken down. But everybody's not going to like it. Especially the ones that were part of tearing it down. See, there's people in your life, they're all about tearing you down. They're all about keeping you down. They're all about telling you you can't do it. But when they see you beginning to do it, it's going to make them mad. And there were two such fellas named Sanballat and Tobiah. Now, when they heard, when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Gershom and the Arab, heard of their plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king, they asked? I replied. And listen. I'm going to tell you now. There's going to be people that are saying, what do you think you're doing? Listen, you need to have a reply. You need to know why you're doing what you're doing. And you have a plan. Now then, they're executing the plan. And the enemies say, what do you think you're doing? And he said, I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We are his servants. We will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, no legal right, or no historic claim in Jerusalem. So, chapter 3. They started working. Now, listen, I'm not going to read this whole chapter because it's lengthy and there's a bunch of names, the majority of which... I cannot pronounce with my Texas vernacular. So as I'm reading, you just pronounce them any way you want to. But listen, as I'm reading, I want you to get a picture. And then in a few moments, I'm going to show you. Then 
Elishib. Now, now, listen, there are some of you people, some of you younger folks out there that you're looking for names for your babies. But listen, there's a lot of good ones here. So, Eliashib, the high priest and the other priests, started to rebuild at the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors and building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated to the Tower of Hanel. Now, the people from the town of Jericho worked next to them. Beyond them was Zakur, son of Emery. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hassanah. They laid the beams, set up its doors, installed bolts and bars. Miramoth, sons of Uriah, and grandson of Hakaz, repaired the next section of the wall. Beside him was Meshulam, son of Berkiah, grandson of Meshazabel, and then Zadok, son of Banah. Next were the people of Tekoa. Through their leaders refused, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. The old city gate was repaired by Jehoda, son of Paseah, and Meshulam, son of Besadiah. They laid the beams up, set its doors, installed its bolts and bars. Next to them was that guy. Next to them was that other guy. They worked up to the Euphrates River. Next to Uzal was the son of him. And then they built that wall. And then that other guy built that section. And then that family built that section. And then next to them was those other people. And they worked on their section. The valley gate was repaired by Zenoah, led by Hanan. They also repaired 1,500 feet of the wall to the dung gate. The dung gate was repaired by Malkajah, son of Rechab, the leader of that dude. He rebuilt it, set its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. The fountain gate was repaired by Shalem, son of Kol Hazah, the leader of Mizpah's district. He rebuilt it, roofed it, set up its doors, installed its bolts and bars. Then he repaired the wall of the pool of Siloam. Are, are y'all seeing the picture? Family after family after family, priest, laborers, goldsmith, workers are working to repair their section. You repair the section in front of your house. You repair the section out by your business. You repair this. Each one taking a section. Each family. The bigger the family, the bigger the section. He repaired, he repaired, he re- Next to him was a group of Levites. There's the priest. They're not exempt. They're working. They're building. Next down the line were the countrymen. Next to them was Ezer, son of Jeshua. Everybody working, working. The repairs were made by the priest. That repair was made. That section built. And all of a sudden, work's going good. Everybody doing their part. Many hands making a light load. And all of a sudden, the enemy goes, wait a minute. They're making some progress. Chapter 4. That whole chapter 3 is talking about every family, everybody doing their part, building their section. 
Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they are doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones and of rubbish and of charred ones of that? His friend Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, That stone would collapse even if a fox walked on top of it. When you start making progress in your life, rebuilding, putting stones back in place that the devil has knocked down, restoring relationships, restoring friendships, working hard to repair your finances, the devil's going to scoff at you. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? You don't know anything about this. And then his friend chimed in. Yeah, and even if you do build something, a fox is going to walk on, it's going to fall down. And they mocked him. And Nehemiah, he said, God, hear us. We're being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their heads. Woo! Come on. Did you know God, God will make your, he'll make the very thing your enemy is saying about you come back on them. So don't worry about fighting them. You just keep doing what God told you to do. Verse 6. At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city. For the people had worked with enthusiasm. I'm telling you, when you begin to rebuild, when you begin to put things back in order, it's exciting, but it'll make the devil mad. So when Sanballat and Tobiah heard what was going on, and they saw that there were gaps in the wall, but those gaps were being repaired, they were shutting off access to the enemy, they saw that their access to come in and do what they wanted to, when they wanted to, to take advantage, was being closed. Listen, the devil don't care if you come to church. He don't care if you sing. He don't care. But when you go out and start rebuilding, when you start putting the stones of your life back together, when you start closing off his access, he's going to get mad. Huh? See, he's, he's, he's mad at me preaching. He's trying to take my voice away. That's all right. We're just going to keep preaching. So, so uh, Nehemiah just kept praying. Instead of saying, Lord, you know the plans. But then, the workers, this happens, started complaining. Now, they built up half the walls with enthusiasm. But then they got tired. Did you know rebuilding your life gets tiring? Trying to fix relationships is tiring. Trying to fix friendships is tiring. Trying to rebuild your credit is tiring. Trying to make a living is tiring. Trying to pay your bills is tiring. 
It's discouraging sometimes. The people begin to complain and the workers got tired and they said there's so much rubble to be moved. We'll never be able to rebuild the walls ourselves. Meanwhile, the enemies were saying, you know what will happen? You know what's going to happen? We're going to swoop down and we're going to fight them. We're going to kill them and we're going to end their work. Well, the Jews that lived near them heard them and they came and told them. He said, they will come from all directions and attack us. So if the enemy can't get you just by trying to discourage you, he'll actually come and attack you. He wants to kill you. The devil don't like you. He killed Jesus, he'll kill you. He don't care. He wants to take you out. If you start making progress, they said, we'll just go down there and kill them all. So Nehemiah, he said, so I, I place guards, armed guards behind the lowest part of the wall in the exposed area. I station people to stand guard by families armed with swords and spears and bows. Then as I looked over the situation, I called the note. I said, don't be afraid. Remember, the Lord who is great and glorious will fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. And then when the enemy heard that they knew about their plans, it discouraged them. And they said, oh, man, they know what we're going to do. So look what they did. He said, from now on, only half the men are going to work, while the other half stand guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders station themselves behind the people of Judah. Listen, we need warriors. We need prayer warriors. We need people that'll, amen, we need people that'll work. We need people that'll fight. And they would take turns. While one worked, the others fought. The others stood guard. The others kept an eye out. Listen, everybody can't sleep at the same time. Don't let the devil slip in. Amen. Have guards set up in your life that is watching your back. Amen. Well, verse 18. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The work was so spread out, and we were widely separated along the wall. He said, so when, here's the deal. If you hear a trumpet sound, wherever the trumpet sounds, because he put it at everywhere everybody was working, he set guards. They all had a trumpet. He said, if you hear a trumpet, everybody go to where the trumpet sounds. You've got to have a battle plan. You've got to get a plan. You know that you're not going to build this thing without some opposition. So go on and get a battle plan. So... They kept working. We worked early and late, from sunrise to sunset. Listen, you, you're not going to be successful if you don't work with two or three hours a day. Come on, you got to work on this thing. You got to put in the time. Half the men were always on guard. And I told everybody living outside at night to watch and work during the day. I like this. Verse 23. During this time, none of us, not I, nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor the guards who were with me, ever took off their clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water. Come on. You can't let down your guard. You go get a drink of water and the devil will knock you in the back of the head. Listen, you got to be on guard. Remember, remember... uh, 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 that other guy, Gideon, 
God is trying to weed out who he didn't want. He said, tell them all to get a drink. The ones who just go down there and stick their face in it and drink, send them home. But the ones who go down and pick it up with their hand and watching while they're drinking, that's the ones you want. Listen, you gotta, you gotta be on guard at all times. Well, they're working, they're fighting, they're on guard, and the work is being done. But the enemy is not gonna give up. Chapter five, this whole chapter, it's a sad chapter, I'm not gonna read it to you, you can read it later. The people begin to cry out against injustice from within. Nehemiah came and he listened to them and they said, we're having to sell our children just to eat. Our own leaders. Are charging us so high prices for food and oil and wine that we're not even able to live. They're, they're taking our land and they're repossessing our stuff when we can't make our payments and they're charging us interest too high. <laughs> Does kind of sound familiar, doesn't it? They said it's just a, and Nehemiah got all the leaders together and said, what are y'all doing? You're killing your own people. And they repented and they said, we're going to give everybody their land back and we're going to give them their stuff back and we're going to give them the money, the interest we charged them over back. I'm going to tell you something. When people start paying stuff back, that means revivals broke out. When revival breaks out and God's touches hearts, things will start being restored. Because sometimes it's not the people on the outside doing us wrong, it's the people inside. Don't do your brother and sister wrong. Don't take things from them. Be a blessing to them. Help when you can. So, he got that situation sorted out. Chapter 6. Oh, Sanballat and Tobiah. These two dudes don't give up. The devil's not going to give up now. Okay? Well, they found out they're building the wall. And it said they got all their enemies. They said they found out they finished rebuilding the wall. That, had, that no gaps remained. Though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates, so Sanballat and Gershom sent a message to me asking me to meet them at one of the village. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. So they said, okay, we can't keep them from building. Now they're having revival amongst themselves and they're giving stuff back that they took in from each other. Now they're having an inward revival. God's blessings are upon them. They're doing the work. So you know what? We we need to take that leader out. We need to take the one that that had the vision. Because the Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. We got to pray for our leaders. People who step up and are doing the work and trying to bring unity and trying to rebuild the walls. Because the devil would like to take them out. They said, hey, come meet us over here. Now, I got to read you some King James. Y'all ready for some King James? Now, he said, they're going to try to harm me. 
But I replied to them. And this is what I said. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse number 3. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so I cannot come down. Why should I work? Why should the work cease while I leave and come down to you? Come to somebody say, I'm doing a good work. And I can't come down. When the devil tries to sidetrack you and distract you and get you to come meet him somewhere, just tell him, I'm doing a good work and I can't come down. I'm doing the work of the Lord. I'm taking care of my business. I'm blessing my family. I'm rebuilding my walls for future generations. And I don't have no time for your nonsense. Ain't nobody got no time for that. So, but they didn't stop. So then they started, they sent back another message. Four times, different message. We hear a rumor. That you are trying to overthrow the king. And y'all are building these walls so y'all can get inside it. I love what he said. Can I, can I boil it down for you? Let me just go and put it back in new living. You a lie. Come on. Don't, don't listen to the devil. He is a liar. We heard a rumor. No, you started the rumor. Hear no rumor. You're a liar. He said, I'm not coming down. I'm not coming to meet you. He said in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 8, I replied, there's no truth in any part of your story. See, like I said, you a lie. You're making up the whole thing. They were just, oh, come on. Y'all ready? They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. Are you ready? So the devil says, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spread lies. I'm going to spread rumors. I'm going to try to stir up discord. I'm going to try to take out the leader. I'm going to try to do all this. But, but the Lord revealed the truth. And we got to say, you're a liar. There ain't no truth in anything you're saying. All you're trying to do is discourage me. You're trying to get me, amen, to stop working. You're trying to get me to get sidetracked. Oh, but what did he say? They realized. So, are you ready? So, I continued the work with even greater determination. Come on. Don't let the devil discourage you. Let the devil spur you on. Let the devil motivate you. When he tells you you can't, say, devil, that just makes me want to prove to you that I can. Come on. Take your enemies mocking and turn it around on them. You ain't ever going to be nothing. Come on, turn out to be something. You can't do that. Prove to them you can. Have a greater determination, a greater fire, a greater zeal. Get about the work. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 15. 
So, on October the 2nd. Everybody say October the 2nd. That's a good day. Your October 2nd's coming. So, on October the 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun. Listen, that project would have taken years with our ingenuity, with our machinery, with our, well, it'll have taken a whole lot longer than that. It'll have took a year just to get the permit. Then you'd have had to have the plans drawn up. And then you'd have had the engineers come in there and tell you how to do it. And then Joe would have showed up and said, that don't work. You don't know what you're talking about. And then he'd had to show them how to do it. And then you had to hire. I'm telling you, it took them a long time with our bureaucracy of today. But when God has a plan and all of God's people work in unity. Come on. With a sword on. The Bible at one point, at one place it said that. That they worked with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Sometimes you got to work and fight at the same time. Come on, lay a brick, chop a head. Come on. Lay another brick, poke an eye. You've got to, some, 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 sometimes, sometimes you gotta, you got you got to do everything. But it's, a, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> with everybody working together and <coughs> with God blessing the work. 52 days. Miraculous. They rebuilt the walls. When our enemies and surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. When people see how fast your life is put back together, when they see you and you look like Humpty Dumpty and you got so many cracks, all the king's horses and men can't put you back together again. And then God shows up and puts you back together better than new. The cracks don't even show. You look like you've never even been through a battle or a fight. People look at you and they're amazed and humiliated and they say, their God. Nobody could do that but their God. I just started a series on uh, Wednesday night. You can be a part of it because I only got to point one. On the God of impossibilities. We serve a God of impossibilities. So when the people see it, they said their God had to help them. Well, y'all ready to run through chapter 7 through 13? Here we go. Chapter 7. Nehemiah registers all the people. He said, let's just see how many people have come out of captivity. Let's see what the Lord has done. And you read that whole chapter. He numbers. This family had this many people. This family, this many. And he sees how many people that they have. In chapter 8, Ezra builds a platform. He gathers the people. And he reads the law. He got the word of God they haven't had it for years. They haven't heard it. They don't know what God... They've got new generations that's never heard. And he stands and he reads the law. Faith cometh by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. There are people in this generation that do not know God's law. They're trying to take it out of every public side. They don't want you to know the Ten Commandments. They don't want you to know that you need to honor God and you need to love each other and you don't need to kill and steal. And there are people who don't know. But Ezra got up and he read the law to everybody in chapter number 8. And then in chapter number 9, the people heard it and they began to confess their sins. The Bible says if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive. People confess their sins. And then in chapter number 10, because see, after you confess your sin, you can't just confess your sin and then keep doing what you're doing. They confessed their sin and then they made a vow to change. They said, we're going to start living by the law. We're going to start obeying the commandments. We're going to start keeping the Sabbath. We're going to start paying our tithe, giving our offerings, blessing the temple. We're going to do what God said to do. They went out immediately. They found out in that month they were supposed to be in tents and tabernacles. And they all went out and built that. They did everything God's law said. They went and did it. That's when you know revival's coming. When revival comes is when the word of God is preached. People confess their sin. And then they start changing. They made vows. We're going to do better. And they started doing it. And then, chapter 11, they occupied the city. Come on, you need to move back in to where God intended you to be. Stop living outside the walls. Stop living outside your best. Stop living outside the call and purpose of God. Come on, rebuild what God has called you to do. And then move back in the house. Occupied. Say, this is mine. Devil, you're not going to have what God gave me. I'm moving back in. And you're moving out. Amen? Chapter 12. They dedicated the walls. They prayed. They blessed them. And God honored them. Now. Chapter 13. Last chapter. It's been many years. Nehemiah has gone back to serve under because he, he told the king I'm only going to be going so long he kept his promise he didn't stay he went back served the king but then he heard this has been many years later because you know people they do good for a while but when there's no battle when there's nothing to keep you on your knees people start slipping they started not honoring the law not doing what God said do now Remember Tobiah? That dude. I mean, it's him and Sanballat. They, they, you know what ended up happening? He was a friend, family, of one of the priests. And they let that dude have a house, a room in the temple. He was an enemy of God. And now he's staying in the room where they used to keep the first fruits and the tithes and the grain offerings and the wine offerings and all. Don't give the devil a room in the sanctuary. Don't give a devil the room in the house of God in your life. Nehemiah, many years later, Nehemiah heard this. It made him so mad, he went back. The Bible, I love it. The Bible said he threw all his stuff out. Sometimes you just got to throw the devil's stuff out. 
He gathered all the leaders together and said, what's wrong with y'all? He went and found all the people selling goods on the Sabbath. Stop it! And he reread them the law. And they repented and they started doing good again. Listen, sometimes you'd slip and you start doing things you shouldn't do. Thank God for mercy. But thank God for preachers. Thank God for people who will stand up and tell you what you're doing wrong. And will throw people's stuff out. You don't, don't, let, don't let the devil live in your house. Come on. Throw his stuff out. Is that all right? That's 13 chapters. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> all right. We're going to rebuild the walls. All the gates, that, that all these gates, and this family, and this family, and this family. Okay? So. <clears throat> Take those cameras, those back cameras, and pan them out, okay? But Gage, go over and flip all these big lights on. Those of you watching at home, you need to see this. You are a part of this. I'm going to show you what you're missing in a minute. The devil, he, he'll tear, he tears down the walls, but God's called his people to rebuild them. But he's not called you. Cody, God did not call you in Queen. To rebuild those walls over here. That's your section. Stand up right there. Right there, all go over there beside that beam, right beside there. All right. Now, y'all, y'all rebuild that section of wall. Stand side by side. Come on. Guard it. Now this way. Make it wide. Yeah. Spread out. There you go. Come on. We gotta have wide wall. There you go. Now that's their section. Okay? They're gonna rebuild those walls. All right, Brother Johnny, you come right over here. Start right there at the podium, at the, at the step. Now, who has anything to do with that family? Brother Joe, go right back there to that back, right there in front of that back door. Anybody that's connected with his family, go. Come on. There's some, that's your section right there. Now, the devil's not going to get through this section. See, y'all prayed, you fat, you got a plan, amen, you work together, and you're rebuilding the walls in that section. So the devil's not going to try to come through there because. You're there. You got a sword in your hand and a trowel. A hammer. You got a hammer. He'll beat you in the head with that hammer. The devil ain't coming in that back door because Brother Joe and his family, they have rebuilt that section of the walls. And they're ready to fight and defend it. But what about that section? What about that section? Can can the devil get in that section back there? Or that one? Can can the devil get here? No, the devil can't get here. Because I'm going to be right here. Where's my family? We're connected with that family. They're going to do their section. Come on. You don't claim me, brother. What's up? 
So, so we're gonna we're gonna rebuild. We, we, we're we're gonna get our stuff handled. Come on, we're gonna fix stuff in our family, huh? We're gonna say we're sorry. Yeah, we're gonna repent, and we're gonna rebuild our walls, and we're gonna say, "Devil, you're not getting in the house of God this way." But what about this section? What about that section? Oh, looky there. Somebody just jumped in that section back there. (laughs) Ashley said, you're not coming in my section. Sister Joan said, you're not going to come in my section. I'm going to take my place. Stormy said, you're not going to get in my section. Sister Judy said, you're not going to get in my section and all her family is going to follow her. Israel said, you're not going to get in my section and there comes his wife and his kids because fathers, when you begin to lead your section, your kids will follow you. Alicia said, I got my place. Tracy said, I got my place. Come on. Woo. Look at that. They said, we'll take up this whole section. We'll run. We'll fix it. Ain't nobody getting in there. Ah. Now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. You see? Stronger together. You see? God has not called me to rebuild that wall back there. He called you to. But he didn't call you to fix this one. I'm going to do my part. You're going to do your part. You do the work in your family. You do the work with your children. I do the work with mine. Huh? Is there... But there's, there's some gaps right back there. The devil could get in right there. <laughs> See, she can't, she can't stretch out that wide. Huh? It's closing up. The gap's closing. See, we've got to look and we've got to say, where, where, where's there a gap in the house of God? People come in the house of God. They come in the city all the time. And they say, Pastor, you need to do. If God showed you, you do. You rebuild the wall you see broken down. And then you fight for it. And then the wall, look, the wall's built. The house is built. The walls are restored. Now, the, the, the devil's going to try to discourage the work. The devil's going to try to make that one mad at that one. Try to get them to get out of their spot. Try to intimidate us. Don't be, don't let the devil do it. You stand your ground, fight your fight, rebuild your rocks, and say, Lord, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, today I thank you that we're going to rebuild the walls. We're going to rebuild the walls in our own families. 
But we're going to start in our life. Lord, is, is my life in shambles? Am I broken down and I in ruins? Father, put me back together. I, I, I can't put myself back together. But you can. You can restore me. You can heal me. You can forgive me. And you can help me rebuild my life. And as you do, help me rebuild my family. And as my family's rebuilt, help me rebuild my neighborhood. As my neighborhood, let me rebuild my city. Let me rebuild the state. Let's rebuild this country. Let this world re- be rebuilt on the kingdom of God. Because the people of God stood together. The enemy's going to fight. But we declare today the enemy's defeated. We're doing a good work and I can't come down. We're not going to listen to the lies. We're not going to be discouraged. Today we decide we're going to build. We are going to rebuild what God has done in our life. We pray for this nation. Father, there's enemies of this nation that want to see it torn down. But there's people that want to rise up and rebuild the things of God. Righteousness and holiness. Father, I thank you for every church and every pastor. We want to build them all up. Father, we ask you today for restoration in every home. Every family standing with one another and beside each other. I thank you that they rebuild their family. Let them love each other and forgive each other and begin to work together. Let unity come in the house. If there's any division or hurt or anything in our church family, Lord, heal it. Let us love each other, forgive each other, because we must work together. For we have an enemy. Oh, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We are victorious. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me talk to you that are watching at home today. There are still some bigger gaps than others. See what we need? We need to get to the point to where we're shoulder to shoulder. Some are shoulder to shoulder. Some are spread out. Some have to fill in a bigger gap. But we need you to come take your place in the Lord's house. We need you to come find your spot and rebuild the walls. Take your place in God's kingdom. Jesus loves you. He wants to restore you, your home, your family. And this church loves you. And we need you. Amen. Come on, give Jesus one more hand clap. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. Amen. Don't let no sand ballot and Tobiah discourage you this week. Amen. Come on. Get a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. A hammer, a saw, a tape measure, a pencil, whatever you work with. Huh? Come on. Let's do the work. We love you. We're so glad. What a blessed day. Now, we've got Tuesday.